Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. The church is all about Jesus. And when the church becomes about anything else and stops being about Jesus, then it stops being the church that he's building. Preaching that is not centered and brought back to Jesus could be very eloquent and necessary. And uh, I love TED Talks. I love pep talks. (laughs) But there's something about hearing the gospel that has got to keep being proclaimed through the church, for the church, by the church. It started 2,000 years ago, and it will continue until the heavens unroll, until the heavens part, and light breaks in that will never cease. And we will see him face to face, and we will know him as he knows us. Amen? Thanks, guys. I'm getting on a roll here. I'm like rambling around. Um, Jesus has to be the center of everything we do. Even our giving. Well, let me take that for an example. If I'm giving out of a sense of, in my generation, I want to be responsible to make sure the gospel keeps being proclaimed, then I will act in what the Bible calls is faith. Giving in the new covenant is faith. It's not fear. Hello? Hello? We took fear off people, took a big risk, saw a big dip. But it's worth the risk because preaching the truth is always better. And when you give out of faith because you believe that Jesus has to be the center, his kingdom has to reign, and he has chosen the church through which it's going to happen. That's his government on earth. You should have heard those, that language quite regularly. His church as his government on earth infecting society and culture with kingdom of God. And to that end, he said, I'll give you keys. You see, I don't, I don't get too distracted. Yeah, let me not get too distracted. Let me just come back, pull in a bit. Um, you got your Bibles with you. Matthew 16, come on. I want to hear some rustle of pages. Those Bibles, all those Bibles you've got, Terry, on your shelf, ranging from the Amplified all the way to the, the New King James. They're just going to stand there week after week. Ah, he brought his Bible to church. Come on, you can't take your Bible most places these days. Well, you can, but it's nice to bring them to church. Thank you for your great enthusiasm and response. And thank you that you're going to make it really easy for me here this morning. Yes, amen, amen, amen. So while we're talking about the Bible, let's read a verse from Matthew 16, I believe. Hey, Stevie, it's going to come up any second now. I'll have faith, unspeakable and full of glory. And I just know that I know that I know that 
verse will come up right now. Okay, so while we're waiting for my Bible to open, let me welcome you if you are here, haven't seen some folk for a little while. It's, uh, it's been like a year on and off, on and off. And we have decided to just keep using whatever means we have to propagate and to declare the gospel and encouraging people through the internet, through the radio, those who are able to gather over here. And I'm going to get my other technology that seems to be working a bit better. You see, that's why they say, make sure you've got hard copies of everything. Don't just rely on the cloud. You never know what's going to happen up there. In uh, Matthew 16, and reading from verse, where should we read? We start at 13. Jesus comes into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asks his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Fascinating passage of Scripture. All Jesus is doing here is trying to ascertain the spiritual climate of the people he's about to come to. Not a bad thing. Just wants to know where they're at. Not a trick question. Just wants to know. We had some very friendly Muslim family who we stayed with us for a while and we built some relationship with them and it came up in the conversation. Who do you say that Jesus is? And they were pretty devout and they knew their Quran and they said, well, we know that he was a great prophet because he's mentioned more in the Quran than Muhammad was. But that's kind of where they stopped. He was a great prophet. And likewise, we see in the next verse, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now that's not uh, dishonorable. That's not an a insult. They are equating him with these great men of God. Moses, Elijah, Jeremiah. I mean, it's like if, if, if your son was playing soccer and he comes home and says, Mom, who do, who do the people in the crowd think I play like? And you said, well, some say Mark Beckham. Some say Pele. Some say Ronaldo. Some say David Beckham. I mean, I mean, that's pretty cool, eh? These are like the hot stars of the day. Moses brought a people out of captivity, refused to be called the son of Egypt, and stood firm on a conviction that Jehovah said, let my people go. Wow, took two million people complaining and grumbling and mumbling through a desert. It gives a lot of pastors encouragement. Because no pastors I knew had two million people 
And I'm glad I, we're not a grumbling, mumbling, complaining community. Elijah, standing with the prophets of Baal, calling down fire. I mean, how cool would that be? How'd you like to have that on your resume? Well, there was a time when I, you know, called down fire out of the heavens and it blew up all the prophet Baal's uh, idols and sacrifices. And hey, there was another time, you know, I was with this widow from Jeripet and uh, she had a little bit of oil and flour and I just kind of kept feeding for, you know, as long as I just kept abounding. And I mean, these, these are powerful men. And everyone is at a point of revelation of what they think about Jesus. I don't know what stages you went through. I mean, maybe some of you just believed your whole life that Jesus was who he said he was. And, and, and you know, maybe you're not even sure what he said he was, but I just, you know, believe in Jesus. And then, and then, and then you know, at some stage you became closer. And, you know, as you get older, you realize how much more desperate we are to hang on to him when we get to the end of our rope, just tie not there and just say, Jesus! What a beautiful name. Your name is like honey on my lips. Who do the people say I am? And he turns around and says, in the next verse, he says to them, are the verses ready, Stevie? Ah, okay. Sorry. I uh, got it now. But what about you? He asked. I don't think he said it like that. He said, like, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Possibly the most important question you will ever be asked in this life and for eternity. But who do you say I am? I mean, I, I'm not proud of this, but there was a time where I could not bring myself to believe that Jesus actually existed. I believed it was a made-up story for old people before they die. And it's not that I didn't want to believe. I mean, it wasn't like I was uh, being just antagonistic. And, 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 and I just couldn't bring myself to believe that this Jesus was even a, a, a real person. Now, the fact I wrote, you know, 1976. <laughs> And by so doing, pointed to a cataclysmic change in world history, which goes back to the birth of Jesus. I didn't kind of tally that up in my mind. I, you know, people say, I don't believe Jesus existed. Why do you write the date, AD? It had to be, a, you know, why do they talk about 200 BC? What's that? What's BC? Oh, before, oh, oh, so there must have been something happening there. Even the Muslims believe that. Any educated person would because there's more factual evidence to say that he did. But just to believe he existed is one thing. Believe he is a prophet is another thing. But there was a time in my life. I can't explain it. I can't deny it. I wish I could capture it and spray it over every person I ever spoke to. When Jesus, the person I never believed in, became so real to me, that his tangible presence had such an impact on me that I couldn't have enough faith not to believe. 
I used to say that. There was a time I never had faith to believe, and then I got, I got to a place where I didn't have faith to not believe because I just know that I know that I know. Who is Jesus to you? Most important question you may ever ask. Most important question you may ask of people around you, your family, your, your colleagues, your, your workplace. And people have got all kinds of responses to, to this question. Who is Jesus? Is he just a prof- prophet of old? Well, then he w- wasn't such a good prophet because he told a whole lot of lies. Because prophets, if they're just prophets, don't go around saying, the Father and I are one. He who has seen me has seen Jehovah. I mean, hello? If you went around just as a prophet, they would probably want to crucify you. Oh, yes, they did. He who's seen me has seen the Father. I mean, to say that I'm going to tear down the temple with all its attributes of ceremonial pomp and ceremony and religion, and I'm going to build it up in three days. That doesn't come from just a good man. No good prophet said that. You better be who you said you were. If you say you're going to die and rise on the third day, you better rise on the third day. Or you'll go down in history as a lunatic. You'll go down in history as a fraud. But this Jesus, who said he was going to rise, rose on the third day. And the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom because a new dispensation, according to the word of Jesus, when he said, when he took the cup, And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Every other sacrifice pointed to me. Every other ritual that happened in the temple pointed to me. And when that veil was torn from top to bottom, a new covenant came into operation. A new covenant that was a fulfillment of everything that had happened before. You see, Jesus didn't come and say, I'm going to abolish the law. I'm going to just, you know, ignore the law. Jesus came and said, I'm going to fulfill the law and the prophets. And John the Baptist was the end of the law and the prophets. And then Jesus comes along and he fulfills them because he is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. Jesus is the blood that was taken into the holy place and sprinkled on the holy of holies. Jesus was the eternal God from eternal past in a physical body, born of a woman who lived and made claims that were beyond the claims of just prophets and teachers and and apostles. His claims were, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. God, Emmanuel, in the flesh. You see, until we have the revelation, and until we can answer that, And know how we can answer that. We don't have an answer yet. And it's the question that will go on into eternity. Because to some it's just a religious figure that existed 2,000 years ago. And we go to a little play once a year when they sing around a tree. And another year when we hide Easter eggs in the garden. 
for some, Jesus is just that uh, lunatic fringe that, you know, the happy clappy. But who is Jesus to you? He asks them, who do you say I am? Simon answers. You know, he's always the guy that jumps in first. Simon, 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 jump, chopping off ears, getting out the boat. I mean, Simon, Simon, Simon. Simon says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Now, 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 compressed into that statement of declaring Messiah and son of living God contained for them a, 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 a understanding of theology way beyond their time. Because the, the, Israeli, the Israelites had been waiting. The Jewish nation had been waiting for Messiah. It was the hope of the nation. Messiah would come and deliver them and rescue them and conquer. And to call them the son of God would be blasphemy, prosecutable by death. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. You see, we've got to have an answer to that question. And when we get the right answer, the answer didn't come from us. It was revealed to us. Do you know that you cannot find God? Did you know you can't discover God? God has to reveal himself. That's how you know that you know that you know that you know. Peter, you were sitting in the examination and someone slipped you a crib note. Because you never came up with this. Dit was boekant jou viermaakplek, Sien. This was out of your intellectual scope, your spirit. This was revealed to you. Don't you just love that? <laughs> Don't you love it that it didn't depend on how clever you were, how religious you were, how often you went to church or not? But there was a time, there was a moment when the reality of who Jesus is hit home. He was not just a good man who made claims. He wasn't just a prophet that did natural things. He was much more. He was far more. John the Baptist, who was said to be the greatest prophet, said, I'm not even fit to untie the strings on his sandal. John the Baptist said, I baptized you with water, but there's a greater one coming. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. John the Baptist had a revelation of who this Jesus was. He, John the Baptist was a, a revolutionary. He, he was radical. He pointed fingers at the Herods and the political elite of the day, and he called them on to the stuff that was happening. He didn't hold back. His, his damnation of the religious system, and he called them a brood of vipers. But when he saw Jesus coming, he bowed his head, and he said, it is not I that should baptize you, but you who should baptize me. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the earth. 
Wow, come on. Not just a prophet. Elijah might have called on fire, but Jesus was the fire that came in the Holy Ghost. And he filled the church with flames of fire that got passed to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And any generation that was hungry for the presence of the Holy Spirit and who takes the word of God seriously and says that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams upon all flesh, all flesh, all flesh. If we believe that, he's greater than Elijah. Jeremiah prophesied a new covenant in the last days. My friend, Jesus is the new covenant. In the old covenant, you had to try and make yourself worthy. In the new covenant, he made you worthy. In the old covenant, 3,000 died on the day of Sinai. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were saved. In the new covenant, the leper is healed. Under the old covenant, the leper makes you dirty. Under the old covenant, you rile on the blood of a lamb. In the new covenant, we are washed pure by the blood of the Messiah, the lamb of the living God. We stand in a new righteousness in the new covenant that the previous covenant was only a shadow. We don't throw away the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament was fulfilled. It's beautiful to see how it was fulfilled. Every type, every picture, every theme, every story, every nuance of the Old Covenant, we can rejoice over and, and, and look at it through New Covenant eyes. This is the Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This is the Jesus that you could not obtain through religion. This is the Jesus that the Father by His Spirit graciously revealed to us. And you know, when you get around people who still see Jesus as a prophet, guard your heart. Don't get clever. Know that the same revelation that brought you to Jesus has to bring them. Get proud because you know and they don't. Get humble that without that revelation of the Father, I could never have known. Therefore, I'm going to pray and believe that Mr. X, Mr. Y, Mr. Z, and their little alphabetical children can have the same revelation that is available through the preaching of this message. Faith comes to the heart. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word, the gospel. You see, this is the stuff that Jesus says, I tell you, Peter, on this rock, this is an incident referring back to the conversation as a whole, not just to Peter. On this rock, this rock of confession of who I am, the rock of the discussion that had just taken place, I'm going to build my church. Peter was Petros. He was a stone. Jesus is building on a foundation on which he lays the apostles and prophets, but he's the chief cornerstone. He's the rock. He's the foundation. If it was left to Peter, a few days later, Peter's denying Jesus. I don't see a great foundation right there. Hello? You still think this is Peter? I will build my church on the gates of hell. 
will not overcome it. What's Jesus going to build his church on? The revelation of who he is addressed to the question, who do you say I am? And look, I know there's times that we go through life and it's like one time Jesus felt so close, I just had to open my eyes and I saw him. Other times, it's, it's like that analogy I, I like to use of the man walking on a path next to the sea. And he can see the sea, he can see the sea, but then there's this hill. And as he goes, the hill obscures his vision of the sea and he stops and he looks and there's no sea. But is there no sea? Just because he can't see the sea. Is there no sea? No, no, what he's got to do is he's got to keep walking because at some point you'll see the sea. And maybe some of you it's felt like that for a while. Maybe it's been like, I saw Jesus so clearly. He was honey on my lips. His word lit my path before me. His spirit was like water in my soul. This Jesus, I just knew that I knew, but I, knew, and, but I looked now and I'm, I'm obscured. There's obscurity. There's an obscuration. I've been obstetricated from the vision and the presence and the, the closeness of Jesus. Keep walking. Keep walking. Don't give up. Keep worshiping. Keep gathering with the saints. Keep opening your Bible. Keep praying. Keep saying the name Jesus. I mean, everyone out there uses the name Jesus without apology, you know. Not in a way that you and I would like to use it. I mean, listen, I came from a very religious home. We might not have gone to church or believed in the Bible or anything, but yes, could we talk about the Lord? Hallelujah, did we talk about Jesus and a whole lot of other expletives that would not be very good to use in a church. It always confused me why they didn't say, Oh, Buddha, darn it, oh, Muhammad, oh, man, oh, Krishna, why, man, oh, she's like, you know. Something about Jesus, Jesus Christ. My wife got pulled up like that, didn't you, sweetie? When you used to work, when you had your offices and that one young girl just got born again. And one day she stopped and said, you talk about Jesus Christ a lot, don't you? And you stopped and you went, oops. It was before she was saved. I hope it was before you were saved. Yeah. <clears throat> Keep walking. Keep declaring his name. Keep doing what Tamlin did here this morning making that confession of your life. I am blessed and seated in heavenly places. There might be some obscurity right now. There might be some unanswered questions right now. But I know by faith that they're all going to be answered. I'm going to look back on this short burp of time in eternity, this little blip on the radar of eternity, and I'm going to know for certainty that those questions were completely uh, unnecessary because God is who he says he is and Jesus came to show us who the Father is and then Jesus said on this revelation I'm going to build a church 
my body here on earth, my people who are going to walk and talk and share this message for the next 2,000 years or 3,000 years, as long as it takes. And I'm going to build the ch- my church. It's his church. That's why he says, it's my church. He didn't say, I'm going to build the Baptist church. He didn't say, I'm going to build the Methodist church. He didn't say, I'm going to build the highway church. He said, I'm going to build my church because the church is the government of God on earth to bring about his kingdom in operation. And until he comes again, we pray that. He says, I'm going to build my church. Building means it takes shape and form. You know, you might have been in a pile of bricks, but at some stage, the builder has to come and separate those bricks and lay the walls. And we get a bit uncomfortable when there's change. Hello? We get uncomfortable when there's change. You know, we're in a little bit of change right now. If you are unaware... We did send out correspondence after extensive meetings with the leadership to get wisdom and hear from God. That we believe it's time now to put this place on the market, 10 Harvey Road, and relocate for further growth and expansion as God leads us. And to that end, I'm going to call on the church for a month of prayer in May. Not because prayer twists God's arm. Prayer just helps us hear. And I want you to be part of the process. This is not the elders' decision you're going to get to one Sunday. Doors are closed with an arrow pointing. 36 Williams Street next to OK Bazaar. It's not going to happen. What's going to happen is we're going to be praying. We're going to make May. Say May is a month of prayer. We're going to be, you can fast whatever you like. You can fast food for the month if that helps. You can fast uh, TV if that helps. You can fast Fast food, if that helps. You, you can fast uh, negativity and criticism and gossip, if that helps. Just, you know, say the month of May, I'm going to leave something out. So I'm going to make some space to, to, where, to, to lift up this whole situation. Because I love our brick and mortar here as much as, and if not more than anybody else. But we do feel as a leadership, Jesus promised he's going to keep building. He's going to build it on the revelation, not that we own land. He's going to build it on the revelation that we keep preaching this message where he leads us. So in May, we're going to pray, and we're going to get together with the master builder, and we're going to say, Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying? We've got a, a, a Facebook page where people can put pictures and ideas and all suggestions welcome. Janet and I went to three places yesterday just just imagining, just letting our imagination run wild, what could work, what won't work. But in the meantime, we're meeting right here where you're sitting. And that'll probably go on for three to six months at least. Because these things take time. But we needed to pass go. We needed to make a decision and have the church at the tiers of leadership involved and now we need the entire church involved. If you have not received the email from me, just raise your hand. I'd like to ascertain. Is there anyone sitting here who did not receive an email? Two people at the back there. Anybody else? An email from me explaining the whole process. Anybody? Three, four. So there you go. It's not bad. But those four people, please speak to uh, Richard or Alec or Donna or myself. 
to get you on the mailing list. Because that letter that we sent out after some thought and prayer is just to prepare the ground. It's not to say we're not here this time next year. We don't know. We might be. i am already got seller's remorse. And I've had to stand on this body of Scripture like never before. I'm saying, God, you love this geographical area. You love the whole highway area. You've been with us through six moves, eh, Brian? Was it six, Joy? Six moves that this church has been through. So the seventh one, hopefully, is uh, the seventh, the, sab- the sabbatical. We thought this was the sabbatical. But, you know, God's always taking the roof off so we can build another floor. Did you know that? On your house, how many stories have you got? One, two, three. If you've got three stories, that's the end of your, you've got a roof. If you've got two stories, you've got a roof. You've got one story, you've got... God's, he, there are times when he has to take the roof off so he can add another floor. Jesus says, I will build my church and it's going to keep on plundering hell to populate heaven. Come on, let's stand up together.